freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. This is episode number 113, and we are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So today we are talking about Yanny and Laurel. So a couple weeks ago, this topic uh, just exploded across social media, and it was it was a topic that was so flammable that it threatened to rip apart the very fabric of our families. It created tension around dinner tables, carpools, and grabbed the attention of people all across the globe. I speak, of course, of the great debate over Yanny versus Laurel. Right. So if you've been living in a cave or maybe have what we like to call a life, you may not know about the Yanny Laurel clash, but some madman somewhere posted an audio clip online that some will swear sounds like a human voice saying the name Yanny, while others will go to their grave believing that they clearly heard the name Laurel being spoken. In a nutshell, this is what it's like to watch what used to be the nightly network news, but now is so much more like a gossip mill. One channel will interpret the day's events in one way, and if you flip the channel, you'll hear the exact same events being described in ways that will leave you blinking in disbelief at how far off the mark they are. The truth of this is that, you know, we humans, we do interpret things differently, but it is up to us in this generation to begin at home to instill the values of logic and truth, critical thinking, and educate our children and our children's children on what our nation was built on so that those who seek to actively confuse and confound our future generations with manipulated phrases will have a much harder time of dividing us along the lines of divisive topics. So, with all of that being said, we like to talk to people who are very clear about what they say and that are instilling the values of education in future generations. And our first guest this hour, Tina Martin, is the owner, who is the owner of Shield Maiden Defense and specializes in the training of effective instructors for teachers of women in the shooting sports. As a former scientist, mother of three children, and a three-gun competitor, she brings a diverse background to quickly understand and effectively communicate techniques. We're going to talk with her about teaching ladies three-gun and bushcraft. Welcome to the show, Miss Tina. Hello. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. Absolutely. So I'm just excited to, to finally bring you on. We are both part of the DC project. You know, one mm-hmm. woman from each state, 50 women go to DC every summer and interact with our, our individual um, legislators. But I've never had a chance to line up our schedules and bring you on the show. And so this is very exciting for me. Um, but I want to ask you, I want to go way back in time. And I want to ask you, 
maybe it's not even way back in time. How did you get involved in the shooting sports? Maybe it was maybe it was right before I met you. Maybe you grew up that with guns. Tell us. So um, my journey with firearms started about 15 years ago. Um, at the time, I was a field biologist and a very active hiker. Mm-hmm. And so I was essentially out in the wild all the time by myself. And by doing that, I realized that there were times that I really um, may or have to actually think about protecting myself and not necessarily human derived. It could have been animal derived. I encountered more animal (laughs) issues than I ever did human. Um, And so it put me on this path of like, okay, if I'm in a situation, how am I going to take care of that? What what skills do I need to do that? And so that was, uh, you know, I was like, well, I I really want to learn how to use a firearm. And I started, um, I got some instruction on Glock 19. Um, and I started from that point, from a self-defense point. And I'm kind of a competitive person, so I wanted to get better and seek out ways to do that. And, uh, and that kind of led me into what's IDPA, the International Defense Pistol Association. And these are, these are competitions that are geared towards self-defense. Um, low road, ground count. You can use, you know, essentially your, your self-defense gear. Um, and kind of started there. And then gradually move through over the years as two, three guns. So, wow, that's quite a journey. So it started out just you know very practical. I'm going out into the wild, and there are wild creatures out there. Um, yeah. And then kind of went from there. So what was missing in the industry when you created Shield Maiden Defense? Well, so a lot of females experience this and have experienced it. When they go to get instruction, um, they often are encountered with a male, um, and there's nothing wrong with male instructors, but they sometimes don't understand some different aspects of, of women. I mean, it's just kind of that, that man and woman thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, was, I was working with somebody at the time, and honestly, he couldn't understand that I, the grip aspect of me holding the gun. I was struggling with the Glock, the shape of the Glock at the time, and didn't even know to have the, the grip shaved down for my hand or anything. Mm. And it made me start to realize, okay, you know, there's some issues here that I'm having. And then on top of it, um, I, um, at the time, I was in a community with a lot of military spouses, and they... Um, they would come to me, they knew I was very familiar with handguns, and they said, hey, you know, I've got this firearm here that my husband owns, and he's deployed. I, I need to move it from the side table into the closet because I'm worried about the kid. Mm. And so, you know, I, I came over, and I'm like, hey, so instead of me moving this, let me teach you how to handle this firearm, just to manipulate it, to unload it, um, make sure that the gun is clear mm-hmm. and that you can safely put away. And then I led them to the next phase of that. It's like, hey, you know, your husband's deployed. Why don't we go to the range and see if um, you can go ahead and learn how to use this firearm. So, Because you're, you're home alone here. Why, why not learn how to protect yourself if the situation arises? Mm. And so that kind of, you know, a lot of women were maybe scared to even get out of that box and ask for instruction. So I, you know, I realized there's this hole in the community and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm really enjoying filling this hole. Um, let me see if I can figure out how to effectively teach women so they're not scared of firearms and they can enjoy them and learn how to be proficient with them. Wow, that is awesome that you saw that that need and then you you didn't just kind of say, oh, I'm just going to help this one woman. You realize that, well, if one person has this need, 
then most likely multiple people had this need and you knew from yourself that that there was Mm -hmm. a need for that so now flash forward your specialty is this thing called three gun which for our (laughs) listeners that don't know what three gun is i want you to please describe that um but when you do what what are your most enjoyable and what are your most challenging parts of teaching that particular sport so to start with what three gun is it's um essentially a competition where we are given a, a stage of a shooting array of some sort of movement and shooting, and we're required to use typically all three guns. That's a pistol, shotgun, and rifle. Typically use an AR, um, a semi-automatic 12-gauge shotgun is used, and then some sort of higher capacity um, uh, pistol. So that, that usually has like 17 rounds, unless you're in a restricted state, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we're given a course of fire, and we, so we have to use that firearm, transition safely to another firearm, and, and shoot this array. So it's a um, it's, it's very challenging because you're, you need to stay proficient in all three guns. You need to be able to memorize your course of fire and where you need to be. And, and then it's constantly, they can throw at you so many different stages of, of ideas at you. So it's constantly changing and, and, and keeps you engaged, I guess I would say. Um, and that's, and that's a challenging part of the sport when once you learn it, then to be able to teach that to others. Um, just like in all competitions, sports, you know, your brand new shooters, um, they're going to struggle with just the, the fundamentals of, of it all, right? And, and we all have to kind of, what I tell people, you've got to embrace the suck. You're going to be the last <laughs> place for a little while, and that's all right, okay? Don't be scared of that. Um, Take that as a badge in order because the only way you can, only where you can go is up from here, and um, and and that's you know kind of get that mental trash out of your head and let's move forward with actual the skills needed and um, and so that's you know that can be a challenging part for a lot of people people especially people that are really competitive. Absolutely. Um, and then but watching those light bulbs go on when they understand a skill that you're trying trying to give to them. They, they pick up what the, the transition from um, loading two rounds, which we call twins, to loading four rounds in the shotgun. If your viewers aren't, aren't familiar, they just need to go on uh, YouTube and um, look up quad loading shotguns, and they'll see what I'm talking about there. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, being able to, to watch those little light bulbs go on um, and then the joy that they kind of feel out of it, that, that's like my energy. When I see that, I'm just rallied. I'm like, yes, we're doing it. We're getting it right, and they're getting it. I love it. And that it. kind of leads me to, like, what I'm doing this year with a program that's the Three Gun Mastermind Program through a Girl and a Gun, which is a virtual training program that's being brought to to ladies that can't travel for training. Mm. And so we're able to bring the training to them through a virtual training program. Oh, that's fantastic. So, mm-hmm. Well, we've got to start wrapping up, and I definitely want people okay. to know how they can learn more about Shield Maiden Defense. But just in a couple of words, can you just even tell us what bushcraft is? Because that's another thing that you're passionate about teaching. Absolutely. So bushcraft basic bushcraft is what I teach. It's kind of, it came out of some work that I did with modern survival courses. So teaching people how to deal with if they're stuck in a 
snowstorm, what essentials they should have in their car or in their home in those situations. Well, when you speak survival, most people think of out in the woods. And, and that skill set that I was told you that I wanted to learn back about 15 years ago, this is the other part of that skill set that I wanted to learn, was if I got stuck in the woods, um, I needed to know how to build a fire without having matches with me. I needed sure. how to build a shelter sure. with things around me. And so that's what I've been teaching now is the ladies how to essentially build fires and shelter how to Very utilize good. water and things like that. Very good. All right. And just as we're going out, please tell people how they can find out more about Shield Maiden Defense. And we thank you so much for being on today, Tina Martin. Um, the easiest way is to go to www.shieldmaidendefense.com. And you can hit me up, email, Instagram, or Facebook through there. Excellent. Thank you so much. We'll see you in D.C. real soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have Arizona State Senator Sinekur coming up right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest is in-house, in-studio, and we love it when our guests get to come and be here with us in the studio, Arizona State Senator Sina Kerr. She was appointed and sworn into office on January 8, 2018, following a vacancy of a Senate seat. Her district includes western Maricopa County, west to Yuma. She also serves on the Arizona Farm Bureau Federation's Board of Directors and is the Arizona Farm Bureau Women's Leadership chair. She is here to talk with us today about the issues she is passionate about, including family and children's issues, veterans and military issues. By the way, five consecutive generations in her family have served in the military. Also, education issues. We are so excited to have you here with us today. Sinekur, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled that you go clear to Yuma. And so you encompass my whole district. Yes. That's exciting. We are actually a nationwide show, so you're talking to a whole bunch of people. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, that's even better. (laughs) Absolutely. And we are both West Valley 
people. You know, we're, you're in Buckeye, we're in Avondale, Litchfield. And so, um, you know, we're we're in that rural area, but you also serve urban areas. I do. And you're very well versed in, in both. And so talking about the, the rural, your background, you, you're a dairy farming family. And so I wanted to kind of ask you, how did you go from the farmhouse to the state house? Yes, well, yeah, we we're of a farm family. I married into the dairy business, of course. My husband's family, they've been in the dairy business for 91 years. Oh, Bill's, so just getting started then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Getting the training wheels. 91 years. Yes. Whoa. And so Bill's third generation and we're passing it on to our fourth generation, our son, oh, and making that transition and I didn't grow up uh, on a farm per se, but I grew up in Buckeye. Mm-hmm. So that was a great place uh, to cultivate my love for agriculture, mm-hmm. playing on the farms of my friends on the weekends. And then it just led me to just love everything about farming. And so I had hoped growing up that I would one day marry a farmer. And while my friends dreamed of a Prince Charming on a riding in on a white horse, my Prince Charming <laughs> was would, on a tractor. He'd be on a tractor <laughs> with a cowboy hat, you bet. And so, you landed a darn good one. I did. And you know, I mentioned that you serve on, you know, two boards, but really we'd probably spend the entire two hours of our show mentioning all the different boards and uh, offices that you've served in and currently serve in. So you really are, you know, very familiar with how politics work, with how people have to intersect and, and work together. Can you talk to us a little bit about that part of, you know, from the farmhouse to the state house? Yes, well, I mean, I tell people who would have thought 38 years in the dairy business business would be the best training ground yes. for legislative work. And of course, it was well. There's a lot of poo to shovel. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. No, it, it's the swamp now. That's the metaphor. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. No, good one. Good one. <laughs> and so it was there. You know, I just developed. You know, the the things that we need. The being able to build relationships with yes. people, being able to, you know, have long days, short nights, work hard, yeah. your job's not done, or your work's not done till that job is finished, and and just all the great values Absolutely. that you learn in, the, in the, that world, in that industry. And work ethic, I just, I hate to, uh, you know, fling any poo in the direction of our poor millennials because they get they catch a lot of it and our daughter's a millennial and she's like stop using the m word i don't like being associated with that uh, because she has a great work ethic and i know there's a lot of them out there that do but i think it's something that's it it is lacking and so i love that you are part of a family legacy that has built that into i mean it just has to be a, p- a part of the fabric of who you are in order to operate a business by itself and then when that business is farming forget about it i mean it's just a whole nother layer of of difficulty and you guys have maneuvered it beautifully i like what she said about the job's not done until it's done yeah you know you work until it's done that's right. kids don't know that anymore Absolutely. Right. of course they don't even know there's work <laughs> <laughs> and you do it right you do your best right. absolutely so um you have a love for the outdoors not just through the the farming aspect of things but also through hunting 
Yes. So that seems to surprise a lot of people. I didn't grow up in a hunting family. We were more target shooters. So I grew up around, you know, being outdoors, handling guns. And and so that that part came easy. But Bill was a hunter. And so I would follow him, Mm -hmm. go on his hunts and tag along, mostly for the scenery. And then after a few years, I thought, okay, go ahead and put me in. I I asked him to put me in for something really big so I wouldn't miss. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So the first time he put me in, I drew an antelope tag. Whoa. I harvested a record book antelope. (gasps) Nice. And I was hooked, just hooked. And so Bill gets a little sore when I mentioned that I hold the record in our family for the most bull elk harvested. Did Bill get an uh, antelope too? He had to go, he had the first one, then mine was bigger, then he had to get a bigger one. <laughs> of course. We're very competitive. Of course. I love it. And he's here in the studio too, so we're we're casting glances in his direction. But, uh, but no, I love that. So your first time out, not only did you, you know, land one but it was a record breaker at the, at the time or still yes no I don't think any longer but so it took 23 years from that time mm-hmm. I just drew another antelope tag oh, so wow. I'll be going in September I am so excited oh my so. gosh so in addition to you know running the family business and campaigning and now you're going to go hunting you are a busy busy person so let's talk about um as a senator and you're, you were appointed to the position, which is different than being elected, but you will need to, at some point, um, go through an election process, right? And that's what I'm doing right now. And that is the process right now. Yes. And that election is being held? The primary is August 28th. Mm-hmm. And, and so one senator from each party then goes, goes on to the general election in November. Very good. So... Your priorities, let's talk about your campaign. Let's talk about what your constituents need to know is important to you and how you plan to uh, speak to those issues because our elected officials are representatives of the constituents. And so you've got to be able to, you know, you're a good communicator. You've got to employ those things. You've got to be able to hear what they're saying and they don't agree with each other then you've got to be able to metabolize it into a message moving forward in the form of the way that you vote on the big issues as they come to the the Senate. I was yes. going to say the House. That's the Senate. <laughs> I'm trying to stretch my knowledge of civics because I'm, I'm a victim of uh, not paying attention in history and <laughs> social studies class. But but so what are those those issues that are so important to your constituents? You know... We're a largely agriculture area in our district. So, and of course, being from farming, farming background and being in production agriculture, that's one of our main priorities. Uh, one of my main priorities, water is a huge issue. And so dealing with the water legislation, we're in the process of that now. We introduced several bills. Nothing went forward to the governor because water legislation takes a long time mm. to craft carefully, to craft it well. We've taken our hearings on the road throughout mm-hmm. the state. We're continuing through the interim, and we will get this done, and we will do it right into the benefit uh, of our ag industry and and meet those needs. So you say water, is that drinking water? Is that farmland, irrigation water? Is it both? What does that mean exactly? 
it it's all of that yeah you know our cities need water sure. and our agriculture industry needs water absolutely and we're in well. a growing area we out really there are. so we have to you know use it carefully wisely plan ahead into the future so um you're also as we said uh in the five consecutive you are the fifth consecutive generation of your family that served in the military so veteran and military issues are very close to your heart very much so so my my ancestor served in the civil war and then his son served in the world war one his son in world war two I have a brother who served in Desert Storm, and then a nephew who actually just completed his service in the Marines in 2016, and completed his service at the Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma. And my district has three military installations, Luke Air Force Base, the uh, Yuma Proving Grounds, and the Marine Corps Air Station. So I love that even more you know about our district yes very important uh i just have such a deep deep love for our veterans and for all who serve and and protect our freedoms yes that are just so important so fragile well we already are down to like two minutes and we have so many things that we want to get to um but of course our audience is very uh, focused on our constitutional liberties because mm-hmm. of the Second Amendment. What can you t- tell our listeners about um, what, how you interpret our constitutional liberties and, and want to move forward to, to impact those? Yes, well, they're absolutely vital to me. I'm a fierce protector, I feel like, you know, and, and men are too, but I yeah. think women as women, absolutely being moms and grandmothers, Uh, So I feel that same protection for our constitutional liberties. In fact, on my desk, uh, I have a copy of Article 2, Section 2 of the Arizona Constitution. And I've looked at that since the day it was given to me, the first week I was in office. Mm -hmm. And it says all political power Mm -hmm. is inherent in the people. Mm -hmm. And the government derives their just powers from, from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. I look at that every day and I compare that to the legislation that comes across my desk. Beautiful. And I guard it with all my heart. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, we do have to wrap. I'm sorry we didn't get to everything we wanted to talk about. We'll have to have you back on again. I would love to. Thank you. So very quickly, as we go out, tell people how they can follow your campaign and maybe volunteer with their time or donations. Yes, all of that can be found on www.votecur.com. And they can sign up and help out and follow me on Twitter at Cena Kerr and Facebook at Sina Kerr for Arizona. Very good. Thank you so much. Sina Kerr, Arizona State Senator. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because on the other side of these messages, we have Matt Best. You know him from all those amazing, zany, hilarious commercials for the Black Rifle Coffee Company. Stick around.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are struggling with some phone gremlins today, so I I don't think we're going to be able to connect with Matt Best of Black Rifle Coffee Company today, but we are going to try to reschedule him and get him back on. Uh, Sometimes these things happen when you're on live radio. Uh, We're we're actually we're recorded live, but it's still you know you got to keep the clock. Yeah, and Cheryl, you know you keep on saying. Small, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to change that one of these days because, you know, we have over 1,200 guns in there. Right. I know. And it's like, but we're, square footage wise, we're tight. Teeny. We're small. We're, we're teeny. teeny. We're not even tiny. Yeah. We're teeny. So we're big. We're the biggest in that we have this amazing selection, right? If you go to azfirearms.com, uh, we actually what's cool is we just got it'll probably be gone by the time this show airs but we just got in a tommy gun right with the the drum uh barrel not the drum barrel the drum magazine drum magazine thank you and uh but it's in a 22 caliber it is the cutest little sort of almost miniature version of the tommy gun yes i was all excited i found this uh in a newspaper ad and it was uh, by Standard Products, and it's U.S. made. And I saw on the pi- I saw the picture of it, and I go, "This can't be. It's not going to be nice. It's going to be a piece of crap when I get it. But I'm going <laughs> to order one because they're fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, for a twenty-two. Yeah. I said, "Well, I'm going to order one anyway because that's what I do." And so I ordered it, and it came in uh, yesterday. And so, it is 
a fantastic, the most highest quality. It has a real drum magazine. It takes a stick magazine too. It looks like a smaller Thompson uh, 1928 machine gun. And it works the same way, except it's semi-auto. It is so cool. Now, why were you jaded? Why were you thinking maybe it wasn't going to be any good? Just because, because you there's thought... Been, there's been a lot of reproductions of the Thompson in 22 that weren't quite right. Okay. I mean, and even uh, Auto Ordnance made a 22 caliber in the 1980s, mm-hmm. but they were the same size as a Thompson 45 mm-hmm. caliber. Mm-hmm. So they were cool, and I, I have one of those, mm-hmm. but they, were, they weren't the same. Now we're talking about a gun that's smaller, really lightweight, but has the same feel and look. It's, it's got it's the wooden so furniture on yeah, it. It's so close. It's, it's so unbelievable. Even says Tommy gun on the side. I, I just, got excited. And I don't, well, not that excited normally. It was awesome. You get excited about all the guns you add to our collection. I want to ask <clears> you, though, speaking about adding guns to our collection, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, maybe they have either inherited some firearms, right? Or uh, maybe... You know, they're uh, in a divorce. Recently, we've had that situation in a divorce. You know, one spouse, uh, ex-spouse is, you know, they have to divide property and firearms are property. And maybe they don't know the the items. Maybe they don't want to own the items themselves. And they feel like, I've got this elephant sitting in the room. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know who to trust. I, I don't even know how to properly, you know, one of our guests today, Tina Martin, was saying that she got into uh, her business, uh, Shield Maiden uh, because, Shield Maiden Defense, because she was uh, being called by her friends who said, all right, so my husband got deployed and he's got this firearm in one room of the house. I want to get it to the other room of the house. I'm scared to touch it. You know, there are people that are in these situations. You help them. We help them, but you're kind of the front lines of, of doing the purchasing. Can you just kind of give people some peace of mind of, you know, how how they can go about doing that, reaching out to you, what the process is to sell firearms? Um, some people, you know, they're in the state next door to us, California. We're here in Arizona. And the the guns stayed the same, but their laws changed out from under them. And now they might not even know Am I breaking the law by just having this thing that that was legal yesterday? You know, some magic date came along that changed the law. Maybe I'm now breaking the law. How would I even call up a local shop without exposing myself to being in trouble? There are some states like California that you could actually be doing that. Yes. Laws change constantly. Uh, they just change another. They're trying to change another law and make it where you have to be 21 to buy a, uh, a shotgun or a rifle. So laws do change all the time. So, you know, I need three hours for what you just asked me because you asked me 37 questions. I counted them. <laughs> but but basically... That's how I keep you off guard. But basically, you know, <laughs> when you get a collection that you no longer want or you don't you don't have interest in them, you know, it's, it's good to trust your local gun shop and go talk to them. We get people that come in with uh, one or two guns and they'll sell them to us, and then they'll go do their research, and they find that we treated them right. So then they bring their whole collection in. And I have several customers that bring me five or ten guns, every maybe every month or something, that they're liquidating their, their family collection they don't want to carry anymore. And 
we have a trust. So when they come in, I give them a price for the gun. They know that that price is right. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a very good feeling to have to know that people that come back to you again sell you guns that uh, they trust you to to handle it. And you know, one of the things that I say too, if we buy a gun from you, that gun is going going online. It's going to have the price we have it marked at. Mm-hmm. So I can't pay a hundred dollars for a gun that we put on the website for five thousand dollars. Right. You know, I mean, we have to make a profit. But if I buy a gun for five hundred dollars, it's it's going to sell for around seven fifty eight hundred dollars. You yeah. know, I mean, we by the time we clean it and do the things that we do to it, and there's different stories there, but. The thing you need to know is that when we buy these guns from you, you want to do a test on us, sell us a couple guns, see what we put them online for, and see if we were reasonable with the offer. Mm -hmm. And we also have the ability to auction them because the other business that we own is Pot of Gold Estate Auctions. Right. That's a very good way to go because you're getting one offer from one person, or maybe you went to a couple of gun shops and you got a couple offers, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to an auction, if they go through our auction house, we have over 14,000 bidders right now Ooh. nationwide and they are driving the price they're competing the right. price up rather than have one buyer you got now you have a potential of 14,000 bidders so if I'm somebody and let's say that I've got let's say I've got um, some some firearm could be a rifle could be a handgun and I'm pretty sure that it was my uncle's from World War two or something like that and I bring it into you, kind of just walk us through. Now, this is a visual process, but try to walk us through it with, you know, words. What what takes place? Probably the first thing you do is you make sure that it's not loaded. Well, the first thing I do is I don't slobber on the gun. It's a, you're talking <laughs> about offensive. World War II <laughs> gun, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to rust no. it, right? No, you know, if you have a gun at home and you're not familiar with it, you do need to treat it as though it was loaded. So don't keep your hands away from the trigger. Put it in a case preferably a hard case uh, and and bring it to us and then we'll check it to make sure it's not loaded if you don't know how to do it yourself or we can walk you over the phone and help you with that too uh, we had a lady that just called just yesterday and she said yeah i have a gun in my closet i'm going to reach up there and get it i said do you know how to handle the gun well not really just, just just don't i'll i'll come to your house and we'll take a look at the gun so now she had other in things California, too. you now, can't do that. No, and, and she had other things, too. So I am making a trip there. So, you know, it's going to it's it makes sense just to leave it alone. I don't need to know anything about the gun right now. It's safer where it's at because she didn't know how to unload the gun. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's the main thing, the safety part of it. And um, just um, I come in. And so you assess it. So you, you look at it and you say, Oh, no, this was a remake that somebody remade, you know, reproduction in in the 1970s, and it's actually a non-fireable gun. Or I might say that it's a really good one that's got some special markings that you don't normally find on a gun, and now your gun's worth a lot of money. Okay, and that's where the expertise comes in. Because you can have two guns side by side. They look identical. World War II, let's say a Luger, they look identical. But there are markings on the gun that could make your gun worth more money. So are those markings from the manufacturer or are those markings are things that happened, you know, once they were brought into a certain platoon, you know, would that actually be a defacement? No, it's not. It's normally like, you know, it could be Nazi proof marks. It could be a certain regiment. There's all kinds of things that or just a different variety of the gun. 
So, um, you know, when we when during World War II, the guns progressed. They started at one version and then they advanced to other versions. So it just depends on what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the last ditch guns like Japan had. They started cranking out guns really uh, quickly at the during the end of the war. And they weren't as high a quality as they were when they first started. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things. But the main thing is find somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. You don't. You can walk into our shop with a gun. You don't have to take the offer. We're not going to persuade you. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you what we think. I'm going to show you online what they're going for if you asked. Um, and we're going to do the best we can to s- serve you. But we're not going to push you to try to sell us that gun today. So I don't say stuff like, hey, the offer's good today. Right, That's it. I, right, right, I say, right. you know, you got a week or two to, to figure this out, mm-hmm. you know, because the markets do change. So I sure. can't say too much longer than sure. that. So. so you've got the safety angle, right? You've got the expertise angle because you understand the, the progression of you know, when they were manufactured and the marks and that sort of thing. And then how do you determine a value? Because I know a lot of times people come in and they say, I have no idea what it's worth. And then you make an offer and they're like, oh, I couldn't possibly take it. <laughs> that happens a lot. That does happen. <laughs> but then they usually come back. You know, because, you know, they have this expectation that just because they saw one online that mine's worth $2,000. Right. And they really have a $600 version. Right. And, and so they, people that own the gun seem to want to look at the highest price. Sure. People that buy the gun want to look, look at, at the, the lowest price. price. Yeah. I kind of, again, like I said, I go, how much am I going to put this in my showcase for sale for? Mm-hmm. That's what I use. Mm-hmm. So if I say I'm going to put a gun at $850 in my showcase, then I have to buy it accordingly. Yeah, you can't pay two thousand for that. No, That's a, we don't keep so, the lights on. We, if we do, do that. that, and there's people. That, there's people that they do leave, mm-hmm. but they do come back. Right, and that's that's a really good feeling because that means that we beat somebody else's offer. Right, right. Well, that's that's cool. I'm glad we had a chance to kind of walk through that a little bit because there's a lot of people out there that that end up in a situation that they feel unsafe. They feel like you know they don't don't understand the laws, and it's good for them to know know where they can go and who they can talk to and that sort of thing so all right well stick around because on the other side of these messages we have a responsibly armed citizen report and uh he's shaking his head no no commentary i have tried to figure something out i can't (laughs) well maybe we'll surprise you see you on the other side of the commercials And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. 
hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, if you have missed any portion of today's show, please visit our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and you can binge listen to your heart's content, all 113 episodes and building from there. Uh, if you want to put a face with the voices that you're, you're hearing of our guests, there's a guest tab and you can click on there. It's a wonderful resource with um, photos and bios and links to the work that uh, people are involved in in the Second Amendment industry and community. And this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, this is the part of the show that I feel especially honored to be able to bring to you because uh, self-defense stories, people, you know, the minute they hear something happened with a firearm, it's always when a, somebody's misused it, when a bad guy has, has used a firearm. But there are so many stories where the good guy with the gun has saved the day and stopped the bad guy with the gun. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we never hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, today's story is one for the Just Call the Police crowd. Very often, danger does not allow us to just call the police. The police are wonderful, but they can't be everywhere. And danger makes his plans with the knowledge that the, at the forefront of his mind. I want you to hold in your mind the vision of a person, maybe someone you know and love, who has reached the age of 78 years old. What does that person look like? How does someone who has gone around the sun 78 times stand and walk? How physically capable is that 78-year-old person? I know some some really fit, some very physically fit 78-year-olds, so I'm not I'm not definitely not denigrating them, but even a very physically fit 78-year-old is likely not going to be able to fight off an attacker who is in their early 20s. 
And once you get that vision squarely in your mind, say a 25-year-old physically attacking a 78-year-old, now I want you to add in a second 25-year-old who is along for the ride with danger. <coughs> Ready to help danger with whatever his evil plans are for that 78-year-old. This is the scene that played out recently in Irvine, Kentucky. Danger and his helper showed up to rob a 78-year-old gentleman and began physically attacking the elderly man in the process. We can only guess how this story might have turned out had the elder elderly gentleman not had the foresight to be armed and was therefore able to stop the two attackers in their tracks. This is what we mean when we say that a firearm is the great equalizer, able to make up for those of us who are lacking in size and strength. And thankfully, this gentleman was able to ward off not one, but two men and save his own life because he is a responsibly armed citizen. I put up a pretty good fight to me, 78. <laughs> He's got a pretty good knot on his face to now show for that fight. The same guys that was here a week ago. Bobby Ray Osborne says about a week ago the two men came to his property on Cressy Road asking about a vehicle for sale, the two then coming back today. Well, see, they wasn't interested in getting no car to start with. When conversations about the sale stall, the Osborne says the two men then said they had a flat tire and asked for a jack to help replace it. The big guy came and got the jack. Uh, and I'm standing probably about right here, and then the tall, skinny guy just walked up in behind me and just got me around the neck and just jerked me backwards down on the floor and just started beating me, you know. And then he told the big boy, he said, get, get his money, get his money. So the big boy one that reached his hand and got my money. Osborne says a friend who was inside at first then came out and told them to give the money back or she'd call police. The men giving about 200 of $500 back, meanwhile Osborne grabbing his gun. He had a gun in my hand. He said, don't shoot me. I said, I ought to kill you. And I did shoot him. But on I didn't hit him. And the two men took off so quickly, they left behind that car where this all went down. And inside that car were some important items. But they left their pocketbook in the car. In that wallet, police finding a driver's license, now investigating this all as an alleged robbery. When I was their age, I had... Had to work on a farm, you know, work to make money. Didn't go out and steal no money. In Estill County, Hillary Thornton, WKYT. I look at that and I can't think, I can't help but think about, like, in New York City and other states that they have restricted uh, concealed carry permits, that a person wanting to apply for a concealed carry permit in New York would say, I have a jewelry store and I need to protect myself. Could you imagine walking in saying, I have a junkyard and I need to protect myself. Would you give me a concealed permit? They would just laugh at him and tell him to leave. Shows how important it is that everybody has a right. That is a responsible citizen that is not a felon has a right to have a firearm to protect themselves. It's so true. I mean, you know, the celebrities, they have special reasons. Um, politicians have special reasons. Um, I don't I don't understand why we can buy into that notion that well their life is somehow more important than or their another stuff person's is more life. important or in, yeah yeah and this being the case of a junkyard I mean it's it's unfair yeah. it's 
So it is. Um, so I don't, I know you said you don't really have a, a commentary today, but I I do want to talk about um, some of these topics. You know, like why would one person be allowed? I mean, even saying the word allowed, we're allowed to own firearms. Does that is there anything like that in the Second Amendment that our forefathers laid out? Did they say, well, you know, if uh, you're a, you're allowed to own a gun unless some really messed up or evil person misuses a firearm and attacks children in their their high school? No, it does not say that, right? Does it say you're allowed to own a firearm as long as you're in the state of Arizona? And you have people like the Arizona Citizens Defense League in the courts every single day protecting your rights. But if you live in California and other people who don't even understand what they're voting on have voted away your rights, then then that's the way this the Constitution is written. Yeah, it's strange. You know, we're in Arizona. We go to California and we we don't pass anything that changes other than a border and a stand uh, that they check to see if you have fruit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It's the same weather, you know, kind of the same weather when mm-hmm. you first cross. Everything's the same. And we're the same. Right. right? We oh. our, does our training evaporate out of our brains because we did cross this imaginary line called the, the state line or the state border? No, it just does not make any sense at all. And then you have states like... Oh gosh, who who's complaining about this? Is it is it Illinois, the Chicago area? Is it New York? Somebody uh, is saying that it's not it's not the guns in their state. It's that guns are being brought in from the neighboring states that are creating all this crime in their area. And I'm like, but wait a minute. So you're saying that the state that you're complaining about? your border state where the guns are coming in from. So their crime rate must be crazy high because if the guns are the problem, once they cross your border, oh no, the, this, the crime rates aren't high in those neighbor states. But yet people buy into this and they say, well, now we need to go and reach our arms and our hands and our big thumbs of big government into our neighboring states and make them match our bad laws. To protect or children right and it's like no wait a minute our kids are fine on the other side of the state line i don't know what's going on in your state other than you have tried to restrict people's rights and it does not work uh because it's just become so cliche but you know bad guys are out there and they're gonna do bad things unfortunately and if you're a, a lawbreaker you don't care how many more laws get piled on because that's just okay challenge accepted i guess i'll i'll just keep on breaking more laws i got no problem with that says the bad guys right so so what happens to the people that go to california that that are responsible citizens and they get caught with a firearm it could destroy their life yeah and, and it that's does. not fair because you know what else could destroy their life mm. having a flat tire somebody coming up and killing you right that destroys and you're your defenseless life too. you're defenseless right Absolutely. Because how long does it take for a California Highway Patrol to get to you if you're in the middle of the desert? Well, what if you're in an area where there's no signal? Right. And your phone isn't even working. Well, so you know what? 45 caliber pistol doesn't lose its signal. That's that's the thing. That's, that's right. the thing right there. That's your mic drop moment. We'll let James Brown punctuate that.
Ain't no signal lost here. <laughs> I knew we'd find it. We just needed to find the place for, for James Brown to weigh in. All right. Well, we have got to wrap up, but I just want to thank everyone who comes together to make this show possible. Thank you so much to our tech crew. You're over there just dialing numbers and He's keeping me He's on. Teching. He's teching. Yeah. Keeping me, trying to keep me on time. I think we need to get him a, a something that zaps me in the chair and like whoop okay i will i will wrap this up uh thank you so much to our awesome guests who come to us and bring their special um expertise right their life experience that is so wonderful and valuable and to our listeners thank you so much for spending your time with us so uh keep keep the conversation going and until next time pray for our nation Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. All right. Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org.